coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Our guy, Tim Kitzrow, never gets old, Neil. Never gets old. I've had more people ask me about how we managed to pull that off than I've ever had <laughs> asked me about fantasy advice, if people really want to know. Tim uh, Kitzrow is a Chicago guy. Come on. Yeah. He, they he listen to this up. show, and they're like, that's the NBA Jam guy? How did you do yeah. that? And I'm like, you got to know people, baby. That's right. We didn't reach it's out to him on the internet know. and offer him money. No, that never yeah. happened. No, no, no never. Uh, welcome in, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am Steve Bonham. That, of course, Neil Smith, you heard talking along with me here uh, at nonsense underscore Steve at nonsense underscore Neil. Very easy to find us on the socials that way uh, by design. Ew. By design. It's like the one thing we did right. I know, right? The only other thing we did right, by the way, is for $1, $1, you can join as our as a patron of ours and get access mm-hmm. to our Discord and get round-the-clock access to Steve and myself. Hmm. Uh, if you love hearing our dulcet tones. That's a you, terrifying thought. I know, but it's it's what we decided to offer up to people. And, right. uh We've had some people take advantage, and to everybody who's signed up and is talking to us in our chat, thank you again. We really appreciate it. We've really been enjoying yeah, talking. Yeah, we're, we're having a lot of fun in the chat. Again, like you said, it's just a dollar to come join, answer your start sit questions, talk to the nerd, talk to all the staff. Uh, I mean, I'm throwing stats in there today. We were talking about the uh, the snaps, and we were mm-hmm. talking about drives and conversion percentages and information that I'm having trouble finding on the internet. I'm giving to you for free. Right there, in the, and I'm uh, always the there breaking down trades, just yeah. all day, all day. People with their trade questions, all day and all night. Oh, there he is, Ric Flair himself, Jack <laughs> Cavanaugh with a woo, <laughs> woo heard around the world in the audience. We appreciate it. We've had to beef up security around here with Jack. He keeps, right. he, he, keeps he just keeps wandering way. into these uh, streams randomly. But today he's gonna want to jump into this one for sure, Neil, because he's gonna see a wheel. Because there's That's a true. wheel involved we're, in this show ste- today. We're, we're stealing his gimmick. So, uh, yeah. To be fair, I gave him the gimmick. So I feel like I can steal it. I am the Vince McMahon <laughs> of, of this federation here. So uh, I feel like I can do that. But today we're going to be talking about players that maybe you're having a slow start. That are uh, maybe you're you're a little bit terrified right now. If you've got them rostered, if you're their manager. I'm calling them the uh, the fantasy problem children. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Uh, But we're calling the game level of concern. And basically we're just going through. Yeah. A bunch of top draft picks guys that you drafted to be a starter on your fantasy roster that for the first three weeks of the season in PPR, at least are, uh, are disappointing you. So how concerned are we Neil on a scale of one to 10 for each of these players? So I will pull up our, our fancy there wheel. There you there go. There it is. There you go, Jack. Try not to uh try not to get too excited. Okay. So we are gonna spin the wheel and see who we land on first. And this is great entertainment for just the audio, by the way. It oh yeah, nice. that's true. All right. So here's this. <laughs> so we've got 15 names on the wheel. The first one that has popped up here is Mr. Clyde Edwards Alaire. You rigged this wheel. Starting running back. I wish I could have. <laughs> Starting running back for the Kansas city Chiefs, supposedly starting running back. I mean, I don't That's know. What they say. 
based on what happens with Daryl Williams every week. I don't, I don't know if that's actually the case. But CEH, Neil, he was drafted at 25 overall, so back end of the second round, top end of the third. RB14, he is currently RB34. You and I were out on CEH anyway, like a little bit lower than usual. Oh, yeah. we, of course, we're way out on him last year. We've we've beat that dead horse several times over. But RB34, I mean, he has looked atrocious. Even in a juicy matchup this past week against the Chargers, a matchup that most running backs have feasted on and had huge monster performances. It's kind of the one weakness that they have right now on that defense. They are playing white hot. And last week, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a decent game. He did. It, it's not that he had like a, a terrible performance. He put up 16.9 fantasy points though. He still has not put up a 20 point performance since he did that in week one of last year in his debut. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, to this point, how are you feeling level one to 10? If you're a uh, Clyde Edwards, a roster. Oh, I mean, at this point, you've got to be probably at around a seven mm -hmm. because you and I were sort of the outliers on this one where industry consensus, and especially if you're playing on ESPN, by the way, sure, and following their rankings, the biggest thing that you'll take away from that is that, I mean, people, they were expecting him to be firmly a top 20 running back, right. and he's not even close. And yes, he had a nice game against the chargers. He did get to hundred yards rushing, but he only had two receptions. And the week before that against Baltimore, he was abysmal. He only had 46 rushing yards. He didn't have any receptions. And that's what you're banking on mm -hmm. with CEH. The logic train being that he's an RB two effectively, and he's going to catch a lot of passes. That's not really the case. He's got five receptions on the season through three games. That's not what you were signing up for. Right. And if he's going to get into RB2, he's got to get more involved in the passing game. And what I'm starting to notice is I don't think they trust him in pass protection. Have I think Daryl Williams. Pass protection? I wouldn't Exactly. Either. Hence why Daryl Williams is getting to do a lot more of that stuff than is getting just he's he's carved out much more of a role than I think what the conventional wisdom for a lot of outlets was us not included at the start of the season. So for yeah. me, no, I'm very concerned. You feel better after this last game that he just put up, that he mm -hmm. might be able to get something on track. But if, if, if you're telling me that you're going to, you're expecting him to suddenly become a much more consistent fantasy producer, I'll direct your attention to the two games prior. Right. Yeah. I think it's important to note here that when we're giving our levels of concern, it's not you or I personally, Mm -hmm. I, I, at least me, I'm looking at this from a perspective of I am someone with this player on my roster. Currently. I am a person. I am yes. an individual. How yes. has the, how has this build of me having CEH as what would have to be at the worst, my RB two. Yeah. To, to get him at the end of the second round, top of the third, I either took him as my RB two because I got a good running back in the first round. Or so like I paired him with a CMC or a Dalvin right. cook basically would be what this is, or I'm taking him as my RB one. Now that those are two very different scenarios because right, if I'm, right. I took CEH as my RB one, my level of concern right now is a 10, right? Okay. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. if I took him as my RB one, there is not a shot in the world. 
he makes it up to top 12. I just can't see that happen. There's, there's no way. How many people would need to get hurt for that? Ex- like how many things 15, would have to fall his like way? 15 people would need to be out for the season. Right. Something like, like that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Like uh, to, to be a hundred. So last year in week 11, he had a 20.7 in week six. He had a 20.9. And then against Houston, he had a 19.8 in week one. Now we'll give it to him. So that, so that's it. Those three games right at 20 are his highest scoring games ever mm-hmm. in the national football league. And now so far this season through three weeks, he has a 10.2, a 2.6 and a 16.9. And the now, 2.6 had multiple fumbles in it too. Yes. Which you don't, you don't like it. And granted they've played Cleveland, Baltimore and the chargers. So it's yes. not like they've had an easy stretch of defenses, but it's also not like it gets a lot easier. I was going to say that's their schedule. Yeah. That, that's, that's basically the schedule that comes with the territory when you play as well as they have over the years. So for me, again, if he's my RB2, it's okay. He, he's in the grab bag of he's a rotational guy that's a flex slash back end RB2 on a weekly basis, but he's never going to be that guy. If you took him as your RB1, you I'm at a 10. Absolute yeah. 100% 10. It makes a lot of sense. And if you listen, and again, this is why we're doing this because if you listen to us, you don't roster any CEH and you have all the DeAndre Swift that you can handle. Or if you, you did, it was life. as your RB2 because right, you got exactly. him at a value. He you got him at a value and then you you can survive this. But if he yeah. was your RB1 and you were paying full sticker, I agree with you. You that In that scenario, it's a 10. And yeah. unfortunately, I don't have a recommendation as we sit here today. I will next week when we sit down mm-hmm. and talk. But as we sit here right now, I don't have a recommendation on how to fix that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. All right. Back to the wheel. What do what do we got here? For the audio listeners, spinning. Big spinning, money, no whammies, no spinning. whammies. That's a whammy. Aaron Rodgers. So AA Ron. <laughs> where are we feeling on a scale of uh one to ten on Mr. Rogers? AA Ron. Yeah, hit. I'll go first. Go if, ahead. Uh, if you don't mind. And go for ahead. me, I'm as someone who has Aaron Rodgers rostered in multiple leagues, my level of concern is a one. Mm-hmm. Virtually non existent. Um, I understand he was drafted as the fifth QB off the board, uh, 46 overall. So you were taking him generally in about the fourth round and he's currently QB 23. He had that one horrible game at the beginning of the season, but he has been solid the last two weeks. And again, we say it every year and have to keep reminding people week one is wonky. Weird stuff happens. When you give bad teams two months to prepare for a game. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, I I can't put a lot of stock into what happened in week one. We've seen two games since then where Aaron Rodgers has looked like Aaron Rodgers. I am not concerned at all. I'm not either. I'm at maybe about a two. Right. Like I'm not overly concerned about this. Yes. I understand. He's wow. You're terrified. I'm terrified. He's currently something like QB 22. But that's all there's three games and it's all wrapped up in that bad week one performance against a Saints team that, again, as you pointed out, they had two months to prep for that game. Yeah. And you've seen what happens to the Saints already when they only have one week to prepare for a game. (laughs) And then maybe some of their coaches don't get to show up for reasons that we'll get into some other day. But yeah. And I'm not too worried about the 49er game where he didn't exactly light the world on fire in that game. If if you eliminate. The uh, I understand he put up a huge number against the Lions in the revenge game on Monday night. But um, 
in the last two weeks, weeks two and three, if you just eliminate everybody's week one and you just look at the last two weeks, Aaron Rodgers has been QB 12. Exactly. And we had him in our rankings, I think, around eight or nine, respectively, yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. So he's not that far off the pace if you just eliminate that week one game. I'm not expecting him to put up another 1.3 at any point this season. And as, I have very little of concern around this. I don't. I think it's way too early to push the panic button on Rodgers. And frankly, I don't think there's too much more to say about it. If you invested in Rodgers, you're probably pot committed. I'd hold on to it and you'll be fine. Yeah, I think you're good there. All right, spinning the wheel. Who is next on our list here? We've Come got on. Kittle. No, Javante Williams. It was close to Kittle. It was close, close. to Kittle, but uh, it is Javante Williams. So the rookie running back for Denver. He was being drafted uh, sixty overall, so end of the fifth round, mm-hmm. and he is uh, RB twenty five in ADP. If you're going positionally, yep. he is currently RB forty. And uh, Neil, you want to take the the reins on this one here? Well, first, I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back <laughs> and take a small victory lap because I told you. I warned everybody about this. You all wanted to say Melvin Gordon was dead. Yeah. And everybody got values on Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I, I was cautioning that's, people. That's the victory a, lap right there. That's the victory lap. Melvin Gordon is killing it, just like I called it so far. And Javante Williams, he's doing what I thought he would do. They're working him in. They're sharing <laughs> the job. Javante Williams is their RB of the future. And next year we will have a very different conversation about where Javante Williams sits. But from my side, this is what I expected. But you see, here's the problem with this conversation. This is what I expected, but it's not what people were preaching and proselytizing and convincing and convincing others to, to follow along with. And so that's how you end up with him as a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So from my side, I'm, I mean, I'm not that panicked. So if, if you're going by, by my rating, I'm at maybe like a five. Because right. this is more or less what I was expecting. Right. He's going to get worked in slow, and he's going to ramp up throughout the year. And you saw a little bit of that last week where he had three receptions for 33 yards. So he's picking up some steam in that department. He also scored a touchdown. But it's the Jets, so you don't want to rely too much on it. My greater point is, I don't know that there's anything you can do about this. Yeah. You might be able to, to, to try and, quote, unquote, sell out on it. But I don't know that any – you'd have to find the person in your league – who still believes. No, but even then, I, I don't know why you would sell low. I feel like yeah, if, exactly. you, if you drafted Javante Williams to be uh, one of your running backs, first of all, it was probably as your two, maybe your three. Probably because it was a fifth round pick. Because it was likely. a fifth round pick. So I would hope it was your three, but but maybe it was your two. And the upside is certainly there mm-hmm. for him to cash oh, yeah. on that. Again, as we already talked about, eliminate the wonky week one where Melvin Gordon outscores him because he has the crazy 70-yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't put too much when you him. When you take that out of the equation, over the last two weeks, Melvin Gordon has been RB23, Javante yep. Williams has been RB26. We've said if either one of these guys takes firm control because the other gets hurt or is in the doghouse for whatever reason or whatever. Or gets that, traded. That they would easily be a top 20 to top 15 running back because they would have such a heavy workload and they would have so much fantasy value. But in this case, Melvin Gordon has still looked good in the opportunities he's been given. He's been given the goal line work for the most part. Javante Williams, like you said, is splitting the load. They continue to have games where they're splitting the snap count and they're splitting basically the carries right down the middle. I think it's going to continue that way until, like I said, one of them gets hurt or something goes sideways here. One of them puts the ball on the ground 
and costs them a game or costs them a drive or late one of them close game gets, or, or one of them gets hurt in a real way yes. and has to miss time. So I don't think there's too much you can do yeah. other than but stay le- the level of concern. With- I would say like a three or a four. Yeah. It's for so- me, it's a rookie still as well. Like on top of all those other factors, he's a young guy who's still getting adjusted to the NFL. Right. And we're not even a full month into the season. So no, and there's nothing you can really do about this other than stay the course. I would probably recommend against starting him. If I had, if I had any yeah, other, it, it would depend. Yeah. It would depend on what my options are. I think he's I still flex worthy. He is flex. I mean, like I said, over the but... last two weeks, he's been RB 26. So yeah. he's, he's in the flex consideration, uh, depending on what you've got, but yeah. So stay the course with Javante. There's no reason to sell out low on this. Yeah, exactly. All right. Spinning the wheel. What do, what do we got here? What do we got? Stefan Diggs. Okay. This is an interesting one. So he was my wide receiver one heading into the season. And I apparently put the kiss of death on him. I'm sorry, Aiden. <laughs> this is my fault. No, he's your guy. I apparently did this. I apologize profusely. Uh, he was 14 overall. So on average at the top end of the second round, if not going in the first round of your draft, ADP wide receiver three, he is currently wide receiver 24. Still usable, mm-hmm. still okay, but wide receiver rough, two. rough start to the season. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that the Bills are a little weird right now through three games. It's a small sample size, right? But if you if you look it up and you break it down, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders are functionally two roster spots or in the in the overall like positional like total scoring. Mm-hmm. They're only two spots behind him. In right. fact, on the Stefan Diggs is averaging 14.7 points per game in PPR. Cole Beasley is averaging 14.1. And Emmanuel Sanders is also averaging 14.1. So through three games, they're all giving you about the same. And so for me, I'm not concerned about Stefan Diggs in a real way. One, he hasn't been killing you. Yeah. He hasn't been putting up the gaudy wide receiver one to three overall numbers that you were hoping for, but he's still been a wide receiver too. And the bills just kind of seem to be figuring it out still to a certain extent through the, through the first three games of this season, there's been some weird stuff. They've been trying to get Dawson Knox more involved. They can't figure out who their running back is. It's, it's still a work in progress over there. And I think it'll readjust, especially as I still maintain, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to make the season. So at that point, so I'm, I'm at literally like a one for Stefan Diggs. I am not worried about this. This will correct. They're not going to stay. They're not going to stay bunched in the rankings like that. It's not going to work that way. Well, to me, it's not even that like right now he's got 31 targets through three games. That's tied for fifth. Now, granted, some of the guys he's tied with, like Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks, not exactly guys that, you know, jumped off the page. Just like how everybody had it. it, Well, the nerd, maybe. Uh, Actually, you know what? I will give him credit. He has been correct about both of those things, and I'm shocked by it. But Stefan Diggs, I think, has still had a pretty solid year. Again, you can't do the same thing with, uh, with him that we did with the other two we just talked about, where you eliminate one week. But the, the thing with Diggs is consistency, right? That's why he was yeah. my wide receiver one. That's why he was the guy I was focused in on because he consistently gets the targets and consistently puts up the points no matter what. Like you and I, when we put this list together, we're talking off air. Neil, the last time that Stefan Diggs scored less than 10 PPR fantasy points was week 13 against Seattle 
in 2019. Yeah. 2019. So he has had what I think it's like 18 consecutive games, something like that, where he's had at least it's something like that because he's missed a game or two. In he's missed one or two in there, so but he's had at least 10 fantasy points in something like 18 consecutive games yeah. and just continues to produce like his floor right now. This is where he's at. This is yes. his floor and it's wide receiver 24. So I'm not at all panicked about Stefan Diggs. What I would say is again, if I'm the manager of Stefan Diggs, I'm at a one in terms of level of concern, but I would say if the actual manager in your league, there you go. Is that, is that a level, anything higher go. than a one, I am making any kind of offer to go get Stefan Diggs. I am too. He's it's kind of spoilers, but he's right now because of what's been going on. And frankly, just the noise around mm -hmm. it on the internet leads me to believe that a lot of people are panicking. Mm -hmm. So he's a preliminary, like kind of, I hate to say buy low, but that's yeah. kind of what it is. He's a preliminary buy low through three weeks. If people are going to, because wig even out. Then, I mean, this is a perfect scenario where you had like a Brandon cooks, who maybe you were high on Brandon Cooks and no one else was. He's been killing it so far. And all of a sudden, the guy who has Diggs is panicked. If you could swap straight up Cooks for Diggs because of the starts that they've had, sell high to buy low on Diggs, I would right. absolutely 100% do that. Same thing with Mike Williams. I think Mike yeah, Will that's the, I think that's the better one. The I talent actually... has always been there for Mike Williams. He's always had the opportunities when he's been on the field. His oh, yeah. problem has always been staying on the field. Yeah. And if I rostered Mike Ev or uh, Mike Williams in the preseason, I am ecstatic that right now he is going off like people have been predicting for him for the last three years. <laughs> but the fact that he's getting all this attention, he's getting all this workload. Can he stay healthy? And if he can, he's a top 20 player. If yeah. he can, he's a top 20 wide receiver the rest of the season. But if he can't, if he falls back into his soft tissue issues and the, the injuries that have plagued him throughout his career, then if I could sell high on Mike, even then, even if he's a top 20 wide receiver, you've got Diggs, who's a top five guy. Right. If I could swap a guy who is a clear upgrade to me, then I will absolutely do it. Well, Even I think Mike I'm Williams is the better yeah. one than Brandon Cooks because we've seen Brandon Cooks have su sustained success in the NFL. We've seen mm -hmm. Mike Williams put up three amazing games. And if somebody wants to give me the sun, the moon, and the stars for Mike Williams right now, based on track record and history, I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stay put with Mike Williams here. But yeah, I think Mike Williams is an easier one to do. I think, but yeah. Yeah, no, it would be. But, but Brandon Cooks, to me, like I said, I think they're both good. But if you're asking me right now at the end of the season who finishes higher, it's Stefan Diggs. Oh, sure. No, that's not yeah, the yeah. debate I'm, I'm going to have with you. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're on the same page there. Okay. We will spin the wheel. It's not the wheel of wow. Jack will sue us. For this <sighs> He's always threatened. To oh, no, I don't want to talk. God. I'm leaving. <sighs> Bobby Forrest. Oh, Bobby Trees. Roberto Trees so upset about this uh robert woods fire everyone steve this is my level robert of woods. fire them all everybody's fired if you are rostering robert woods as i know you are and and, and so am i in many many leagues <laughs> uh what is this your one level directly of concern? oh speaking from personal personal <laughs> strictly personal here about an eight mm -hmm. roughly an eight something like that i'm pretty concerned uh he I don't want to blame him. 
I just right. I, I I'm I'm struggling to understand the lack of involvement. I'm struggling to understand. Well, what I'm not. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm I am struggling to understand the lack of involvement. I'm not really struggling to understand why Stafford seems to be developing a relationship with Cooper Cup and is looking for him early and often. We've seen that before. Like Cooper Cup's a talented player. Well, let That's me let me throw this out there too. Um, Robert Woods, 39 overall in mm-hmm. ADP. Uh, so just outside of the third round, top end of the fourth round. Sure, he was finally getting the ADP that he deserves for previous performances. Yeah. Wide like, receiver finally. 14 in ADP. He is currently wide receiver 47. He has finished outside of the top 40 each of the three weeks to start the year. It's been utterly brutal. Like, it's just been... He's, he's got a 12.4, a 12, and a 6.8, and he's been less involved every week. Is, is that good or bad? Like, it's... Well, uh, He's not really less involved every week. Like it's, he's got less catches this past week. Okay. That's, that's fair. Cause he had four targets, four targets, nine one, targets and six, nine targets. targets so, but six. you see what I'm, you see what I'm doing here. Yeah. It's like the week one is kind of a weird anomaly and he ends up scoring a touchdown. So that kind of wallpapers over a right. lot of it, but no, I'm, I'm pretty concerned because this is not the volume that you were expecting from previous Robert Wood seasons. Correct. And especially with Stafford coming in, we were yeah. expecting to see the, the same volume QB, with, yeah. with, with more efficiency, same volume, more efficiency was the idea. And we're not getting any of that. And he Stafford seems really focused on trying to get the ball to Cooper cup. I'm at about an eight on this one, but here's where I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pause because what do you want to do with that? Be concerned all you want. But and I am. But what do you want to do with any of that information? Because I'm certainly not selling Robert Woods for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not divesting in that regard. So we can be concerned all we want, but let's try and turn it into actionable advice as much as we can. Well, so where, I, okay. Where so I you? thought. I think we just brought up a good one then. So for me, Robert Woods. It's it's still early. We're still three weeks Very. in. I new quarterback, somewhat new system. I'm gonna boy because it really depends like a lot of the scenarios when i ended up with robert woods again based on his adp i was able to get him in the fifth round like there there were some times when i reached up into in the fourth round to get him but generally speaking robert woods was my second wide receiver at, at most off the board and i'm lucky enough that my wide receiver one has carried me so i'm gonna say i'm about a six six maybe a seven depending on your team and your scenario and again robert woods was one of those guys that we said was a value in the preseason and that has not panned out yet but the the targets are there he's got 19 targets over the last two weeks specifically he's got 15 targets sure but but overall his 19 targets through three games again he's he's one behind Cortland sutton who we love and 19 targets is the same amount as A.J. Brown. It's one more yeah. than DeAndre Hopkins. That's probably another guy we might have added. If he wasn't hurt, I would have added him to the list too. But <laughs> but again, like guys who have the same amount of targets as Robert Woods right now are Tyler Boyd, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs, Kenny Galladay, who struggled, Darnell Mooney. He's only got one more than Zach Pascal and A.J. Green. So the numbers are not pretty. But again, I feel like as the season goes on, they're going to spread the ball around more. They're going to get everybody involved. And I don't think Cooper Cup is going to continue to dominate and be the wide receiver two for the entire season. 
But sure. if you're looking for actionable advice, I mean, well, the guy we were just talking about. So you've got Robert Woods. If someone is offering Brandon Cooks for Robert Woods, selling high on Brandon Cooks to buy low on Woods because they still believe. Are you taking Brandon Cooks right now over Robert Woods rest of season? No, I'm not the nerd. You'd have to talk to the nerd about that. I'm probably still going back to the well with Robert Woods, and I'll tell you why, because I do have. So I'm not really super excited about the the matchup this week against Arizona. But here's 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 where I will say I have some optimism, which is why I'm saying I'm probably standing pat with Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. Once you get through that Arizona game, I'm going to rattle this off. Seattle, New York Giants, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. Love all it those gets, matchups. It gets so much better. It gets so much better. That's why I, I'm well, I even love the matchup with Arizona because it's shootout written all sure, over it. Sure, sure. So and then, just and then look at gets, last week. And then they have again. a matchup against the 49ers and then, and then the bye. And then yeah. when they get back from that, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Arizona, again, if you were happy about it. And then Seattle again, Minnesota. He's got so many plus matchups against teams with bad secondaries or in the yeah. case of Arizona games with high shootout potential. I'm not really overly stressing about this yet. I am concerned about it, though, which is why I answered the question the way I did. But in terms of actionable advice for me, yes, I'm very concerned. However, I'm not trying to get rid of it. I'm not trying to unload for pennies on the dollar here, nor am I super excited about trying to flip him into Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks, I think, is functionally at his ceiling right now, whereas Robert Woods is nowhere near that. And I also think we talked about this offline, too, in the Discord. Actually, so $1, folks. Come get the behind-the-scenes action. You and I are in agreement that I think it's almost impossible that Brandon Cooks is going to be finishing the year in a Houston Texans uniform. Right. So I gotta, you got to factor that in, too, where it's like, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? All right, so forget Cooks, then. Is there someone else like uh, Debo Samuel? No, because I don't believe in that, because we're going to get into that with Brandon Ayuk. He's had a hot stream. Yeah, he's had a hot start, but I'm projecting that to cool off. I'm not so worried about that. Uh, let's There's... See. There's very little that you could offer me. We already talked about Mike Williams. Right. And I'd say no to that, too. There's very little that you could offer me that would get me to untrench my position from Robert Woods, which is why I'm preaching patience. That's Uh, that's my stance on it. Let's see. Mike Evans. You would give me one that I actually have to think about. Drafted in the same neighborhood. Yeah, because you're changing changing one problem child for kind of another. Mm -hmm. And right Uh, now he is wide receiver 19, but it's a three-headed monster. Three-headed monster when Antonio Brown isn't on the restricted list. Um, uh, I'm sticking with Robert Woods. Okay. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I would have to get the right offer. Like uh, I'm not doing this. In one of my leagues, somebody, I have DJ Moore. He was Mm -hmm. another one of the guys that was sliding in ADP. um, And I was offered a deal of... Robert Woods and Kareem Hunt to get uh, DJ Moore, mm-hmm. and I I stood with with DJ Moore. Yeah, that's and that's that's I mean, a good and it offer, was a, it was a closer. That's I was saying, that's a good offer. Discussion. That's not a crazy offer. Mm-hmm. That's a discussion. Yeah, but but I think the hot start that DJ Moore is having well, right we'll now. We'll get into continues. that too when we talk about the Panthers. I it's, I think it's wheels all the way up on DJ Moore, whereas Robert Woods, I think better days are ahead. Is yeah. kind of where I'm at here with the schedule. And we'll see if Cooper Cup can keep that pace up. They'll start doing something else. Yeah. All right. What do we got? One wide receiver to another. Another guy we loved in the preseason. Another fun Alan one here. Robinson. I was told by Jack Kavanaugh that the Bears are back, baby. 
And uh, so far, Matt Nagy sucks, baby. Uh, it is Which been, is not new information, No, baby. <laughs> it is continued. Continued on. Status quo. Allen Robinson was 31 overall, back end of the third round. ADP wide receiver 11, currently wide receiver 66. He was the number one name on the list, folks. If you want to see behind the curtain on how the sausage gets made, he was the first name on the list. Nobody it's wants the... to see how the sausage is made. And if they do, they're wrong. You should not want to see how the sausage is made. It's disgusting. <laughs> Just letting you know right now. Spoilers. Uh... It is gross. Uh, but Allen Robinson struggled to start the year, and I don't even know if it's necessarily him that has struggled to start the year. It's really it's just the Bears' offense. Like it's not even like defenses taking him away. It's just Andy Dalton has been Andy Dalton. Uh, Justin Fields has been okay, but Matt Nagy keeps scheming games to build around the skill set of Andy Dalton, which is not the same skill set well, of Justin Fields. I was going to say, we can talk about this very, very briefly. That game that, that he called mm -hmm. last week was an atrocity. Yeah, set him up for failure. You put Justin Fields in straight naked drop back over and over and yeah. over and over again and let the Cleveland pass rush tee off on him when you know that your offensive line can't stop anybody. Yeah, You should be fired. When they got hot at the end of last season and the Bears went on that winning streak and they ended up making the playoffs, it was because Bill Lazor took over as the play caller on offense. And Matt Nagy just did what he does on his head coaching duties, which is nothing. Just sits there and lets everybody else McDonald's. do their job. McDonald's yeah. commercials. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But now he comes back this season, takes back the play calling for no reason. And it has looked terrible. He needs to give that up. And until he does, I am extremely concerned. Allen Robinson had 11 targets against the Rams in week one. Mm -hmm. It amounted to six catches for 35 yards because, come on, they were Andy Dalton targets. Well, Andy Dalton targets, yeah. <laughs> but he had four targets against Cincinnati in a close, contested game. A team and, with a very bad secondary, by the way. And then last week they had 68 total yards of offense. Yeah. And... And nearly had, got Justin Fields killed. Yeah, and he had six targets, caught two of them for 27 yards. He has had a 9.5, 10.4, and a 4.7 through three weeks. It has been brutal. But where you drafted him was essentially as your wide receiver one. So if Allen Robinson is your wide receiver one right now, then how concerned are you? Oh, like a nine? Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with Allen Robinson or the relative talent of Allen Robinson. That hasn't changed at. Oh, let's see. We've got a at Javanaugh 87. <laughs> the bears are back in 2022, 2022. when they hire Brian Dabble, baby. All right. I believe it's now. Dable, now he's yeah. putting in qualifiers. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. You want to. Jack, if you're available, just storm past security like you do and just, just hop in here. We'll talk about this. This is just directly. like when you kept available. passing on Justin Fields in yeah. our best ball league. No integrity. Yeah. No integrity <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> but I can't I can't blame him in this case because Allen Robinson, you know, it's like he's so he's been so talented for so long and he's been doing it with terrible, terrible, terrible quarterback. Play. Yeah. You yourself pointed this out in the preseason several times. Andy Dalton would be the best quarterback he'd ever played with. Yeah. Now that statistically speaking, statistically yeah. speaking, because that hasn't panned out yet. But what I will say, and then now he's hurt. 
But for me, I lay so much of this on that coaching staff. 100%. It's not Allen Robinson's fault. It's not Justin Fields' fault. It's not even Andy Dalton's fault, as much as we don't, how little we think of Andy Dalton. It's none of those people's fault. They're being put in a position that they cannot possibly succeed in because they're not utilizing what they actually have from a coaching perspective. They're trying to run this horrible ramshackle offense that is not creative and there's no wrinkles to it. They're not establishing the run they need the way that they need to. And the defense is out there the entire game and the defense has played really well, but they've been out there the whole game. And as we know from years of watching football, if you have a talented defense that has to play 50 minutes a game, it doesn't matter. Right. They, they can't sustain the pace. So no, 100%. This is a Matt Nagy level problem. He either needs to give up the play calling duties or as far as I'm concerned, there's no Bears wide receiver that I would be comfortable. I wouldn't be happy about it at all. There's no way. It'd be it, literally if Matt Nagy's going to run the team this way, the yeah. only Bear that I would be interested in is David Montgomery. And I would temper my expectations from where we had him in the preseason. Correct. That's my stance yeah, on the Bears. Back end RB2. That's it. Um, I would still roster Darnell Mooney. I'd roster Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, but I wouldn't feel, feel good, good about, about it. it on the back end of your bench, but not sure. not starting. And look, Allen Robinson is talented enough, and you invested enough in him that he is your flex at worst on a weekly. You can't possibly bench him. You can't untrade out of this. You have you have to ride this out. You can't trade him. You can't cut him. You're stuck. This is right. one of those unfortunate. Situations. So now this is another scenario where we go back to it, right? Mike Williams. He's been white hot. Yeah. And at this point, it's a wait and see thing with Allen Robinson. If your team is one in two and you've got Allen Robinson and you're trying to win and someone offers you like Mike Williams, maybe, and a lesser running back, a piece, something. somebody you don't care about or a tight end. Cause you need a tight end. Who sure. cares? Yeah. Some Mike Williams and, and something to get Allen Robinson. Would you do that deal? Because I'd have to strongly consider it. I'd be. It would depend on exactly what it is and what my receivers are. Because I feel a hell of a lot more comfortable with Mike Williams and that Chargers offense than I do the Bears right now. And let's not be. Let's not confuse anything. We all, you and I, agree. Allen Robinson, superior football player Mm -hmm. to Mike Williams, Mm -hmm. but the system is crippling Allen Robinson at this point. So yeah, I'm right there with you. It would depend on what it is specifically that the piece is that I'm being offered versus the needs of my team. But yeah, we're there. It only took three weeks, folks, and we're there. I'm looking at that offer long and hard and really thinking about it because uh, I don't know that – like a lot, a lot of our advice so far has been, hey, stay the course. Better days are ahead. They're going to work this out. I'm not convinced in this scenario, and that's not me just being – So, like, I would say Mike Williams and maybe one of the running backs we've had on this list. Sure. Javante Williams, Damian Harris is on well, I would, here. I would, I would do it for Javante. Uh, Javante. Any of those guys, I think, would be Harris, good. Actually, I would do it for Damian. Um, Better days are ahead there. I think Jamar Chase. People aren't going to give up. Debo Samuel. Yeah. I'd probably do it. Mm, I'd consider it very much. Consider it, even though I, you and I are historically not Debo believers, right. but I would take it. Uh, um, Hollywood Brown. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Christian Kirk is a great story, but I don't buy it. Mm, not at, not at that. Not at that level. No. Uh, same that. thing, Mike Evans. I would. Uh, yeah. Well, that's easy. I would do that. Uh, Marvin cool. Jones is the wide receiver one right now in Jacksonville, and it's not particularly close. I know, and he's been having a great start to the season. If you gave me Marvin Jones and a decent running back, Marvin Jones and Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, I'm actually because of the if it was Damian Harris, I'd probably take it. Yep. Uh, but like, yeah, it's 
there's just so many weird ones where like and then Sterling Shepard no. That's a nice story no. too, but yeah. he's he's not long for <laughs> And then yeah, Pascal, Pittman, Corey Davis, you get too far down the list. It's nah, not it's worth it at down. that point. But but yeah, I think you and I, the takeaway here for folks is this is one of the the ones where we're gonna actually go the other way from our normal advice, which is no, this is like this is yeah. a real serious. You can get a decent problem. offer. Yeah. And I would want to do it relatively soon because if he puts up another bad performance, it's just gonna get tougher. Yeah, it's it's gonna make the value even worse. All right, what do we got? Julio Jones. Julio. Currently dealing with an injury. Uh he is questionable to play. We couldn't this put week. both Titans guys on here. We had to pick one. <laughs> yeah. He is uh he's currently potentially iffy for this week. They may be without both AJ Brown and Julio Jones in this yeah. game against the Jets. Not that it matters because it's the Jets. I was going to say. The Derrick Henry 300-yard game incoming. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock that in. Get him in your DFS lineup. Whatever the folks. over is, take it. Yeah, just take it. <laughs> uh, but level of concern on Julio Jones. He was drafted at 45 overall, back end of the fourth round, wide receiver 17. He is currently wide receiver 45. I fairly seem to remember that I was talking about Julio Jones being possibly washed and that this is his last hurrah trying to chase down a, a playoff. Yes, victory. I was also in the ranking summit with you trying uh -huh. to educate people as to how Calvin Ridley uh, had already I believe crushed I was told Julio Jones. That Julio yeah. Jones will be a top 10 wide receiver this season, and here we sit with Julio yep. at wide receiver 45. Don't, so talk, what, to, don't talk to me like I was the one Julio, about I'm that getting, nonsense. No, I'm just putting it out there yeah. in the universe for those that, that maybe didn't track. 100% okay? wasn't me saying mm -hmm. that. I was with you on so, Calvin Ridley has already taken that job, and that was before the trade. So, so Julio Jones, if you are the uh, the manager of Julio Jones in your league, level of concern. See, and this is where it gets hard to separate like our advice and feelings from the advice and feelings of other people. Like, for yeah. example, I know somebody who – hi, Deja. I know somebody who has Julio Jones in a longtime keeper league that just didn't want to let it go and probably overpaid. <laughs> so – uh, it's one of those situations where for me, I'm, I'm, I can't be that concerned because this is what I expected. They're going to, mm -hmm. we, we talk about this. They're going to alternate when they're both healthy. AJ Brown will go off for a couple of weeks. Julio will go off for a couple of weeks. It makes it really hard to trust either one to a certain extent, but AJ Brown was still the one that I would have preferred. So as yeah. far as my level of concern for Julio Jones, I'm going to call it like a four, because I will say with all that being said. He has even underperformed my expectations of what yeah. I thought he would be able to accomplish. So that does cause me some concern. You layer that on the fact that he's getting up there in football years. And on top of that, now the injury that you led this whole segment with. So yeah, yeah it's a four or a five. I'm this pretty is, concerned well, again, about I, I'm going to go all the way back to the first one that we did because it all depends just like with CEH because of where you drafted Julio Jones. If you drafted him as your wide receiver too. My well, if you drafted of, it, if you drafted in like July or yeah. in June or whatever before yeah. the trade was, my, and you had my concern the is probably a six or a seven. Sure. If he is my wide receiver three, though, it depends on my league because if he's my three, that's potentially a flex or maybe it's a weekly starter. I don't know. And if that's the case, then I'm a, a four, three or a four. I'm not yeah. that concerned. I knew what I was getting into. He was an upside play that maybe it works. So you out. line up more with me if he's your wide receiver Titans. three, but if he's yes. your wide receiver, but if he's two, my wide receiver two, I'm extremely concerned I'll give you, because I'll give if, you that. if I was banking on Julio Jones being a weekly day in day out starter for me, then yeah, this, this is not the start that you wanted. And I don't think it's going to get much better anytime soon. No, I think this is the team. Yeah. 
it is what it is. I think this is their team for the year. This is it. All right. Let's see what we got here. All right, George Kittle. Okay. We finally have a tight end to talk about. We do. We do. There's not too much with uh, with tight ends, right? Because there's only so many that you would want. Yeah, so exactly. we'll care about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would actually be worth discussing. So, so the, the reason this is a discussion and a talking point, George Kittle was going at 26 overall. There it is. That's the reason yeah. he was going top of the third round uh, tight end three, of course, in that big three. He's currently tight end six. Mm hmm. He's so, averaging a, roughly 11 and a half points per game in PPR. Mm -hmm. So it's not killing you. It's not right. murdering. It's just you not yet. what you invested. Right. But this is not what you invested. Now I will just say this and we're going to, I think we're going to move through this pretty quick. If somebody wants to unload George Kittle for pennies on the dollar to me, I'm probably pretty interested. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is actually absolutely panicking and we've seen some rumblings on the internet, which is why this is a talking point that, that, there's some concern that he might not be hitting his ceiling and that he's kind of questionable and all that. I'm not too bothered by it. How about you? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with a five. Okay. I'm right in the middle. And the reason I'm at a five is, is because the quarterback? If, no, uh, the, although the quarterback situation is kind of weird, it they're winning, they're winning, they they're playing winning. well, and they're going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. It looks like, as long as they possibly can. So I think it's going to kind of be the status quo. What's concerning me is the fact that we, we haven't talked about Ayuk, but they're going to work Ayuk in more. They're already throwing the ball a ton to Debo and they're still not getting George Kittle super involved. They're being extremely conservative. Even when all of their running backs are hurt, they mm, cannot right. keep a running back on the field. And yet they continue to play the most conservative offense they possibly can and just let that defense carry them which is fine and it's working from an NFL standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, that's terrible. We hate that. We're, we're completely not interested in that. So for me, I'm concerned at a five. And the reason I'm mainly at a five is because I had to invest a top end third round pick in order to get George Kittle on my roster. Sure. We, we talked about it several times in the preseason. You can afford in your draft to reach early on a tight end or on a quarterback. You cannot do both. Right because it makes you so thin at the primary skill positions that it hurts your team depth long-term. So if it you does. reached early to take George Kittle in the third round, realistically, he was your wide receiver one. Yeah. You took two running backs and then George Kittle, and then you punted wide receiver. Now, if you got Brandon cooks and Mike Williams, you're <laughs> loving life. Okay, you don't even care that George Kittle hasn't yeah, produced yet. Yeah, you can totally afford to just wait and see and do nothing. But like, if you took George Kittle to be your wide receiver one and you did not hit the lottery on those guys that you took later on to be your weekly starters, then you are concerned. The, the one reason I would say it's a five and not higher than that, I'm not overly concerned about it, is because just on a weekly basis, when you look at the list, it's Travis Kelsey by a mile. Mm-hmm. Then Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson. And then it's got to be Kittle. Yeah. Like, I, I still can't trust Mark Andrews consistently. Mm -hmm. And then nobody else is going to step up into that spot other than maybe eventually Kyle Pitts, but he's still a rookie tight end and he's doing maybe next rookie year. Tight end and no offense, not going to do it. Like, that's, that's just the yeah. way that that's going to be. Now, I will say I'm at like between a two and a three here. Okay. I'm, I'm not too worried about this, mostly because I think as the season wears on, you're going to get less from Debo 
and they're going to shift us around a little bit. Sure. They're force feeding Debo right now because they, right. you mentioned it, they don't have any healthy running backs. They might be able to try and run the ball a little bit more effectively throughout the year, but I'm not banking on that. Right. What I think is going to happen is teams are going to adjust to Debo. They're going to give some of Debo's workload to Ayuk because they're working him back in coming off the injury. And I think they're going to take a little bit more from Debo to keep Kittle going. To that point, Kittle did have the best game of his season so far last week against Green Bay. He had nine targets. That's the that's pretty good. He caught seven of them for 92 yards. He also added a carry. What's killing you is he hasn't found the end zone yet this year. Yeah. That's what's killing you. That is going to correct. That's my stance on the matter. So like I said, if somebody is panicking and they want to try and unload Kittle, I'm listening. I'm yep. not saying I'm going to do it, but I'm listening and I'm yep. not panicking too Strongly much. Strongly consider. Yeah. And I would, I would agree. I would, like I said, he's, he's a locked in top five tight end rest of the season, just because the position is so bad. Exactly. And I was really so, hoping that this would land on Ayuk so we could just finish the conversation and just be done, but it didn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is where it actually landed. So Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis Colts running back. Uh, he was going at 11 overall running back 10 in ADP currently running back 28. We talked about CEH earlier. What's your level of concern with Jonathan Taylor? For me, I'm going to go with a three. Okay. I'm, I'm not very concerned about Jonathan Taylor. If I was taking him on PPR, I didn't care about pass catching. And all of a sudden I'm getting pass catching, which is fantastic. Um, I think the biggest issue with Indianapolis is just, they cannot move the ball and Carson Wentz cannot seem to stay healthy. Like it, it really looks like he forced himself to come back early. Now it's causing all kinds of issues. We said it at the beginning of the season when the injury happened in the preseason that Carson Wentz fought, they figured out he had this foot issue. Oh, yeah. oh he was going to correct it. He was going to have the, the surgery. Gonna he's going to be up. patient and he'd finally be healthy for the first time since he was on that MVP. They run. told him they were going to put him on the pop. Yep. And, and then what happens? He comes back week one. Yeah. He rushes himself back. He puts himself in a bad situation and now he's hurt all season. Well, and he's pretty significantly hurt. And they're they're already looking at auditioning even more backups to try and car wash through that none of them I have any interest in. Even from a like a especially from a fantasy standpoint, yeah. but even from a real football standpoint. Like none of those guys is gonna be anything close. I'm I'm at about a four. And okay. see here's and here's and here's what I'll say. He's getting the carries prime a, a lot of the time. Like the, the carries that exist to the extent that they can run the football, they're all his. Yep, those are his. He gets those. He's also, to your point, he's getting some receptions. That week one game, and we, we just talked about how we don't want to read yeah. too much into week one, but 17 carries and six receptions? Sweet. But the problem is that's kind of starting to dip off and go back more, a little bit more of a return to form. Naheem Hines gets a little bit more involved when mm -hmm. they have to go hurry up. They're going to have to be in hurry up quite a bit because they're going to be playing from behind, it looks like, quite a bit this year because they just can't, they can't move the ball. So, no, I'm at about a four. It's wait and see on Jonathan Taylor. You have too much invested, yeah. too much capital in Jonathan Taylor to sell it, to, yeah. to move on from and, and pennies on the dollar. I'll go back to your point you made about the Bears. Like the, the Colts offense has looked terrible. The only part about it that I am not concerned about really is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Same thing. Like you, you mentioned David Montgomery was the one piece of Chicago that you felt okay about rostering right now. Well, and while the wheel spins beyond that, I also have a lot more confidence in that coaching staff than I do in the, in the one in Chicago. Correct. So Correct. 
I can't use that logic. Uh, sticking on the ground, Damian Harris. Damian Harris, starting running back for New England. Uh, drafted at 71 overall, so you were able to get him at a relative steal in the sixth round. Back into the sixth, maybe even the seventh. RB29, currently RB37. Is there any reason to panic about Damian Harris? I'm at no, a one. I'm at a two, and 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 it, it, it would be more, but then they lost James White. Right. He's done for the year at this point. I'm really not worried about this. The reason that it got brought up was because he's got back-to-back 13 and a half effectively, and then a three. Sure. I'm not really worried about the three against that. See, in well, that the in only that thing that would have bothered me or, or that like had the alarm bell a little bit for me is it's Belichick and he's crazy. And we all know that, right. but uh, Damian Harris, remember they had the drive. Mac Jones was looking really good. And then Harris fumbles the ball and costs them the game essentially right. in week one. And at that point I was thinking, okay, well now this is Bill Belichick. Maybe we never see Damian. Here comes Harris JJ again. Taylor, and he goes Ramondre to the shadow realm, and, yeah. and, we, and we don't see uh, Damian Harris anymore. But that has not been the case. He has still been the workhorse. He's still getting a bulk of the workload. So if I've got Damian Harris, I still feel good about it. I still they couldn't run talented. the ball for squat in week three, yeah. and I'm not worried about this. Yep, and, and everybody again, needs to calm down. But it's the same thing here. too. It's these defenses that they're going up against. It's the it's the standard strategy. It's just it's common sense. Neil, like if you look at it, like you're going up against a rookie quarterback mm -hmm. and you're going up against Damian Harris. Stack the box. How would you prefer to lose yeah. the game? I'm making you beat me with the rookie QB who's never done it before. Right. And when Mac Jones starts establishing himself and starts having big performances and carrying the team to victories, then they're going to ease off on the pressure on the line, and it's going to open up paths. Well, also, New England is heading into a much easier part of their schedule here. Mm -hmm. They're not going to play a decent Saints defense every week. For example, in two weeks, they're going to play Houston. They get the Jets again. You got a couple games against Atlanta in here. Like, I'm, I'm not overly worried about this yet. I would stay stay the course if you if you're rostering Damian Harris yes. and Damian Harris another buy low prospect if someone wants to panic spoilers yeah. but yes uh, Robert Tunyon gross uh, Bobby Tons of fun what do you uh, <laughs> I like that one what do you wanna what do you wanna do with Robert Tunyon if you were rostering him he was the lowest one on our ADP list he was six overall um, but he's it matters because he was a top ten tight end pick. For his well, and there was a lot of volume minutes. turned up on, oh, they finally solved their tight end problem in Green right. Bay. Look at how much Rodgers trusts him. Currently, he is our uh, tight end 25, and that's with that two-touchdown performance against Detroit. Think about how, how bad you have to be to score two mm -hmm. touchdowns at the tight end position and still be tight end 25. Right. As far as I'm concerned, that he's droppable. Yes. I'm at like a nine, if that's the case. So he's droppable. I don't think it's that much of a conversation. I'm just bringing this up because there's a lot of there was a lot of hype on this coming in and you and I were trying to throw cold water on it. Well, here's some more cold water. Oh, sorry. It was it was only one touchdown against uh, Detroit, but that's oh, his only touchdown of the year. We talked about, about this in the preseason. We did. Robert Tunyon was completely touchdown dependent last year. He had a huge season, was a top five tight end, but it's because he had 16 touchdowns and did virtually nothing else. Right. So he had yes. that Evan Ingram 26, 2017 season. Right. Again, right. if I'm the person who drafted Robert Tunyon, my concern is a nine because for whatever reason, I decided to draft Robert Tunyon and thought that that would be sustainable. 
Right. So exactly. it's on me more than anything. <laughs> exactly. So, but it's he's droppable, and you should be at a nine if you. And there has to draft. be an option to pick up that I would replace him with out there too. The way they sure. are. There it's always like, is. It's got to be something. Brandon Ayuk. We can go back and finish our our conversation hey, now about the 49ers. There we did. We finally came full circle. We did it. I'm at a one. Just to te- kick that off, uh, he's coming back from an injury. Apparently, there were some issues with his effort level in practice, which you do not like to hear. However, they appear to be correcting that in the background. He seems to be much more willing to do some of the dirty work that they've been asking him to do. He also appears to be getting a little bit more healthy. So I'm not overly concerned about this. I mentioned it when we talked about Kittle. I think some of this Debo love is going to slide its way back over to Brandon Ayuk, and this situation will eventually correct itself. So I'm not super concerned about Brandon Ayuk uh, for the rest of the season. I would be, I would be okay to kind of stand pat. So Brandon Ayuk was 61 overall. So back end of the fifth, top of the sixth Um, wide receiver 23 in ADP. There were people touting him shot up. There were people touting him as a top 12 wide Mm -hmm. receiver this season. Uh, 83 at wide receiver right now. If you eliminate that week one when he was benched, he played basically like four snaps. I think it was. Uh, if you take that out of the equation, Debo Samuel in the last two weeks, wide receiver 34, Brandon, I uh, still wide receiver 61. So he has not looked good to start this season. It is a low passing volume offense. Like I said, even with all the running backs getting hurt. They still just keep bringing in new guys to run the ball and play defense and try to win low scoring. Yeah. Now it's Kyle use check for the love. Yeah. So I I am genuinely concerned if I drafted Brandon, Ayuk to be a wide receiver two, if, if, or Mm, if I went, that's actually where, that's actually probably where he would have had to have been. Yeah. If I went RB heavy and he was my wide receiver two, if he's my wide receiver three or my flex, and he's like just an upside guy for me, then, maybe a four or a five, but if he's my wide receiver too, I'm at a seven or an eight right now on Brandon. I, you know what? I'll give you that in that scenario. If he's your wide receiver too, I would be mm-hmm. significantly more concerned, right? Because it's going to take time for this whole thing to kind of recorrect itself. And it's probably yeah. time you don't have. Yeah. I, there's a very real chance that in your draft room, you got two running backs early. You got maybe a wide receiver. And then the fourth round you take either, one of the tight ends like Pitts falls to you or you took a top tier quarterback and then it comes back in the fifth round and your first wide receiver off the board is, I don't know, let's say, who would that have been? Well, now Robert Woods is on my mind, but Robert yeah, Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. in that area. Something Cr- in that Chris range. Godwin, well, sure. whatever. Uh, and then your next pick, you take Brandon Ayuk and he's your wide receiver too. That's a hundred percent a scenario that could have happened. And I'm sure did happen to at least a few people out there. And if I'm them, I'm, I'm, I am concerned. Okay. So then what do you want to do with that concern? Because you can't really move. If Ayuk someone wants to pay state, me Brandon, Ayuk name value, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. If they were willing to give me name value, I'd probably look at that too, yep. to be honest. hundred yeah. percent. They'd have to be giving me name value though. But that if they're going to give me wide receiver 83 value, then I'm yeah, then not even close or wide out. receiver 63 value either. I'm not doing that either. Yeah. Like uh, Calvin Ridley, he came into the season wide receiver five. God, we should just do all the Falcons, right? Just do Why? all the Falcons at once. Yeah. 
Mine as well. We're, we're running low on time. We're running low on time, and we've got two Falcons of three remaining players. So. so here you go. We got Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts both. We'll start with Calvin Ridley. We've got uh, wide receiver five in ADP. He was 19 overall in the preseason, so mid-second round pick. He's currently wide receiver 25. Kyle Pitts, meanwhile, 46 overall. Tight end four, he is currently tight end 15. So what's your level of concern on those two guys? For I will start with Ridley. I was going to say, let's start with Ridley here. And with for Ridley. me on Calvin Ridley, I think my concern is probably a five or a six. Like that offense is terrible. And for what you had to invest in Calvin Ridley, you know he's your wide receiver one. So what's funny is I was going to say six or seven because I'm actually in this position with, yeah. with, with Ridley uh, in a couple different leagues. And... It's concerning, but I, I equate it to the – it kind of borrows from the Stefan Diggs conversation and the Allen Robinson conversation. So I view it in – it's a little bit it's a little bit of a, of a divide between those two. He, similar to Stefan Diggs, he hasn't been killing you. He's sure. been productive, but he's just not been productive to the level that you were, in, you were investing in. So – and also, for example, eight targets, 10 targets, 11 targets. Yep. Can't really fault that either. You're getting what you what you wanted. It's just, to your point, this is where it gets into the Allen Robinson conversation. The whole offense looks dreadful. Matt Ryan looks dreadful. The play calling is dreadful. Everything is dreadful. The defense is dreadful, which we knew was going to happen. So I think this could be a situation. Yeah, that's to Allen the problem. Robinson. Is like they've been in plus scenarios. Yeah, they they have been in scenarios when they've been trailing, they've been chasing points when they should have been throwing the ball a ton, and they were throwing the ball a ton, and it didn't matter to Cordero Patterson. Like, like you pointed out, he's got 19 total targets right now, uh, which is, or I'm sorry, not 19. No, total, I was going to say 29. He's got 29 total targets. Yeah, he's near go. the top of the league in targets and yet he's near the bottom in guys in that range in air yards. Yeah. Like he's getting short range targets. Matt Ryan just isn't throwing the ball that far. They're being extremely conservative, checking down more than anything. And it, it just the way they're using Calvin Ridley is extremely concerning to me. It's concerning to me as well, but so here's what we'll do before we move on what would it take for you to be willing to move on from Calvin Ridley if we're so concerned about it? Right. That's Stephon the, Diggs. Yeah. Right. And it's funny because they're actually like right next, right to, next each to each other. other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're right next to each other. It's like, I'll trade your problems for mine. Yep, I would trade that scenario. And if yep. somebody wanted Stefan wanted to give me Stefan Diggs for Calvin Ridley, I would do it. I would do that pretty easily. But it, barring that scenario, I think you're realistically stuck. I think you're going like to have to kind so of So where would you have him rest of season, I think, is the question. Yeah, and see, that's the that becomes the the question. And I think at that point, you're talking about he's currently sitting in the, like, 30s type of neighborhood. It's 35-ish, something like that. 25. So, 25, thank you. <laughs> so at this point, I'd say rest of season, you're probably looking at 18 to 20. Yep. How much better do you think it's going to get? This seems to be the team. That they're like going to have. Just trying to count. So Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin, sure. DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen. Uh, let's see. We already talked about Diggs moving up the list. 
you said DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill. Uh, oh yeah, Tyreek Hill, Kyler Lamb. Lockett, CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. You take Adam Thielen ahead of him. That is. I think I probably would. He's I probably red zone would. Threat. I probably would at this point, given how Minnesota is being forced to play, mm-hmm. and it's actually paying off. Yep. That the, the Minnesota, it's funny. Minnesota is playing the way that I was hoping Atlanta would play because so, they can't just just huck it, just huck it. I don't care. Huck Cooper it. Cup, have to, have to, have uh, he's to. Too, he's been too hot. That uh, Mike Evans. That's the one that scares me, but I'd probably go Evans. Uh, Chris Godwin. Again, scares me, but I'd probably go Evans. Or sorry, Godwin. Uh, Deontay Johnson. No, not doing Deontay. Okay, that's so that's probably your cutoff then, and that's 18 guys. Cortland so Sutton. For me, yes, but I could see other people saying no. I would also say yes, and that's so that puts him at wide receiver 20. Well, that's my point. I said 18 to 20. He's going to be in that range, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not what you invested in. No. You were hoping for top 10. You're but, probably so I guess gonna... the point would be all those guys that we just listed off there, we're saying rest of season, we'd take any of them ahead of – Calvin Ridley. So if you could move Ridley for any of those guys, I'd do it. But is his value at this point so low that that's not possible? Right. And see, the name is going to help you here if that's an exercise you want to get into. By the way, this is also a situation where I would actually, it depends on what my team is. If my team is good enough to absorb him underperforming and still win games and be competitive, I'm probably going to hold on to it. Right. That This advice is more geared to folks who are one and two or oh and three. Yeah. If I'm 0 and 2 and 1 and or 1 and 3 or whatever. Yeah, Cuz at that said, point you're looking to change something up. You've got to do something because you're just going to get shellacked. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do something to try and kickstart the team and get something going. And then let's move into Kyle Pitts cuz I think we've given some really solid advice on Calvin yep. Ridley. If you've got a losing record and you want to move on, there's 20 guys that we would rather have. Kyle Pitts is a function of the same thing. This is what we've been warning about since April. We've been saying having this conversation about warning everyone that this is a bad plan. Mm-hmm. to get invested in something like this that early. And hey, I hate to be the person. Actually, you know what? I don't even hate to be the person who <laughs> I told you so. I am going to be that person yeah. right now. We told but, you. But even but, then, like, it's the same. I think this just goes back to our same Kittle conversation. Like, you, investing early in a tight end, unless it was Waller or Kelsey and it paid off for you, was a bad move. Yeah. So to and you already invested in Kyle Pitts. It's already happened. So what do you do now? And I think the answer is nothing. Like, I am I disappointed? Sure. But I don't think there's Did anything. Did you learn a valuable lesson? No, of course not. Uh, hopefully. That's not how the internet works. Hopefully you might have learned something from this experience. But All right. And we got one last one before we get out of here. Mr. Robbie Anderson. All right. Good night, everybody. Himself. All right. Good night. Good night. I'll see you all later. What a show. Good show. Uh, he was overall ADP 76. So he was a seventh round pick wide receiver, 33 currently wide receiver, 72. He has been a ghost on that offense. I was talking about this in our chat last week. To me, Robbie Anderson is borderline droppable. He is. And I if can't you, disagree if you with need you. the roster spot. I don't think it's going to get any better. I'm so upset. Soon. Cause you know, this was one of my, one of my guys from the preseason yeah. and it's already gone cake in the rain yeah. so quickly that I can't believe how quickly this happened. Yeah, I had Robbie right around 40, I think. I had him around 30, 30 to 33. 
And I think, the, I think it was like 40 to 45. I had Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I knew I was lower than consensus and I was definitely lower than you. Yeah. But I still thought he would have value. Well, I was I slightly ahead of consensus, which is troubling for me. I wasn't that far ahead of consensus, but I was yeah. ahead of consensus. So this is like a black eye as far as I'm concerned. This might be my worst call of the season to this point. Mm-hmm. He's just not involved. I can't sit here and sugarcoat this, folks. Yeah. He's not involved. He's out there on every play. This is what's confusing. He's out there at an unbelievable rate. His snaps played percentage is roughly the same as DJ Moore's. It's when you watch it, though, here's how Darnold's running this offense. Snap ball. Look at DJ Moore. DJ Moore is either open, and if he is, he throws it. And sometimes when he's not open, he throws it. And then he immediately looks to whoever the check down is and throws it there. And everything else is a running play. Everything thought, else is a running. Yeah, I, I thought what you were going to say, and is much more accurate, is Sam Darnold snaps the ball, looks at DJ Moore. If he's open, he throws it. Throws and it. if he's covered, he throws he it. He throws it. And that's yeah. literally what it is. That's it. That's it's, the whole offense. That's the right? offense. And then he doesn't even look to the other side of the field. Yeah. He doesn't even go through progression. Robbie Anderson right now has 11 targets. It's not startable. On the season. It's, oh, it's not. Star- I don't think, again, I don't think it's rosterable. It's definitely not startable. Well, that's my point is that it's definitely not startable. The question becomes, is it even rosterable? Right. Because, and, I, and that's the point too, is like they're three and O right now. Yeah. They're playing well. They're in a lot of scenarios when they're holding a lead. So it's positive game script for the defense and it's positive game script for the running back, but not right. wide receivers. And yet DJ Moore is feasting and having an unbelievable resurgence this season. Meanwhile, you've got Robbie Anderson, who is absolutely having a terrible year for basically no reason. And look who they face: the Jets, the yeah. Saints secondary, and Houston. These are all and, plus matchups. And he's got folks. 11 targets. So many plus matchups in there, and it doesn't matter because it's it's the and here's why I'm saying Drew had to. Hey, how's it going? Here's what I would say: just to I wouldn't drop him. You're too invested to necessarily want to drop him. You'd have to tell me what's on the waiver wire that you're going to drop him for. Yeah. That that would be my quest. That would be my concern right now. What's on the waiver wire that you maybe Christian Kirk? I was going to say Christian Kirk. That Christian was a, Kirk that was the be, first name that popped to my head was Christian Kirk. It's top of mind. It's relevant right now. So Christian Kirk maybe. But here's what I would do. Cole I wouldn't Beasley. drop him. Okay, that now you're now you're just trying to upset me. But uh, it's, I'm uh, not. I, I, that's <laughs> the internet. I feel yeah. like that's a decent one. It well, it's it's funny because I own, Cole Beasley is only sixty three percent rostered. I, what's ESPN. funny? I ro- I have teams where I actually roster both. Yeah. Multiple teams where I roster both. So that's why Jacoby I'm Br- or uh, Jacoby Myers. Not Jacoby Myers. The other two I would though. Uh, Jacoby Myers has twenty nine targets. Did you know that? No, you actually just just blew my mind. He had that. <laughs> he, has, he hasn't. He, has, he hasn't been that great. He has the, one less target than Justin Jefferson right now. That's crazy. He is considering that he's, he's like tenth in the league. He's been targets. okay, and he's been. He okay, has not but, put up touchdowns or yardage. Yeah, but he is being force fed the football by. Well, Matt they don't Jones. have anything else. So, so Kobe Myers, if you're looking for a name, he is about to explode. Any chance? Yeah, Kobe Myers right is now. a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So here's, Kobe Myers is one that's available. I'm, I'm let's assume at none of that's available, right? If any of that's available, sure. And you want to Devontae drop Parker? Robbie no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. Hunter Renfro? No, I don't believe in that yet either. But I'm, it's Cole Beasley light. I know it is Cole Beasley light. It's second in Renfro. Lavisca Chenault, seventy-two percent rostered. Yeah, that I might do. Henry because... Ruggs? No, I don't believe in Henry Ruggs. Jalen Rager? No, 
Darnell Mooney. I absolutely yeah, that do I'm doing. it for okay, Darnell that, that I'm doing. That's that's happening. Uh, Zach Warts Pascal. No, not doing that either. We talked about it in the chat. He's the wide receiver two in Indy right now. And I'm terrified for now. For now. That, about that whole Indy offense. But he's at least getting snaps and volume. He has to score a touchdown, though, to matter. And that's the same thing as Robbie Anderson. It's just one does it from distance and one's doing it from from the red zone. So that's the only thing with Pascal that you can hang your hat on is that he's got red zone targets. Other than that, he's dreadful. Emmanuel Sanders, no. No, I'm not doing that. Cole Beasley, I would, though. Uh, Let's see. Cole Beasley and Christian Kirk were the ones that you moved the needle for me. Elijah Moore. No. I'd rather do Renfro than that. Um, Yeah, and then Christian Kirk. K.J. Osborne. Mm. It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yep. That's how depressing that is. You're making me think about it. It's close. It's, it's kind of the same thing. That's kind of why it's intriguing. Here, here's what I would say. I personally will be recommending that you hold on to Robbie Anderson for a week or two more. And Tim see Patrick. what. No, see, I'm doing that. I'm taking Tim Patrick. He's too involved. <laughs> I want to hold on to Robbie. Callaway. No, I'm not doing that. He's been terrible. He was good last week. Eh, last week, but. Yeah. He's the wide receiver one, at least. That's fair. He is, but coming See, before the 14, he's got a, so he's got a two and a three. Third and Renfro. He's got a two and a three. Okay. <laughs> you want to pick up third and Renfro. Thank you. There you go. So that's funny. I love already, it. Yeah. I already Perfect. said that third, third and Renfro, but here's what I want to do. I want to hold on to Robbie Anderson for another week or two, if I can stomach it and see what happens with CMC out of the lineup. That's, that's yeah. what I want to do. But here's the problem with that line of logic. And I'll admit it myself because I've already mm-hmm. identified it. You can't start him this week because he's been killing you. Correct. And that's one of the CMC weeks gone. I think if you do so, roster Robbie Anderson still, I think basically your strategy at this point, because if you're gonna if you're not gonna cut him to open the roster space for somebody off waivers, I think basically your only strategy and hope is you're holding Robbie Anderson. You're not starting him this week. He's just gonna sit on your bench. And you hope that for the next couple weeks with CMC out, that those check down targets instead of going to the running backs go to Anderson, he puts up some big numbers on your bench for a couple weeks, and then you can flip him in a trade in a couple of weeks when CMC comes back healthy. I think that's your best bet and basically your only course of action with Robbie Anderson going forward. I I just don't see a way he gets involved in this offense enough with everybody healthy that he matters. And it's funny because that's what I was actually kind of working my way to. Hmm. is I would rather try and trade Robbie Anderson for a useful piece rather than just cut him out down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather hold on to it because it's a name. And with CMC going down, you've got an opportunity here to maybe shuffle him off your roster for something that might be a little bit more attractive than some of what was kind of dredged up on the waiver conversation there. But the fact that we're even having that waivers conversation really should tell you everything we need to tell you about quote unquote level of concern. Yeah. This would be a 10. Yeah. If anything was a 10, this 100%. is it. This is a 10. Well, that's it. Uh, good show, Neil. Good show. We did it. Uh, thank you for uh, episode for 201, folks. Yeah, One of the two, best. 201 in the books. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Again, if you're not a Patreon yet, it's down there, patreon.com slash important nonsense or important nonsense.com uh, slash Patreon slash is Patreon. how you find it through our website. Um, sign up. It's $1. Join the discord chat. Talk to all the guys. We have lots of fun in there. We got stats. We got start, sit conversations, trade advice, trade advice, all that weird, weird wrestling conversations that a lot of you want to have. Or just, uh, just keep joining us here. 
week in and week out. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, whatever, make sure you're following, subscribing. Those numbers help us, so we definitely appreciate it. And uh, until next week, guys, just keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!